Stroud looking underneath. Caught. And touchdown, Jackson Smith and Jekyll. Big hole for Bond. High stepping into Baylor territory. And you can kiss Deuce Bond goodbye. Action here. Williams setting up. Going downtown. Mims is there. Touchdown, Oklahoma. Baylor's with a quick swing pass. It's Keaton Mitchell on the sideline. Across midfield. It's a foot race. Welcome back to the Burning the Red Shirt podcast. I'm your host, Zach Tao, and with me today is just Chris, no Andrew this week. Um, they both rocked it last or two of the last three weeks, so just me and Chris are going to take our shot at it. So, Chris, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm tired, but I'm not sick like you guys tend to be every Wednesday, <laughs> so I could, I'm fortunate for sure. Yeah, it definitely has been a rough few weeks um, with me being sick, out of town, and and I, ironically, out of town, I, I made it work. But um, Andrew's got the whole sickness through his house. So, you know, it's it's not worth trying to, you know, prioritize this. Like, he's he's got a lot going on. He's recovering. He's yeah. got kids. I don't have kids. So that's the yeah. – I think that's the uh, outlier here is that yeah. I don't have kids to get me sick. So <laughs> – well, once you have them, it's it's just a never ending. It's all downhill. It's just a never ending cesspool of germs. But uh, kind of like when uh, Clemson's offensive coordinator goes to Virginia. <laughs> exactly. Just as, that's what I was thinking. What uh, a lead in <laughs> it is. Um, so I guess we'll kind of just jump into week week five. Um, there were some games we kind of wanted to make sure we talked about. Um, we went ahead and called out Virginia. Um, did you want to talk about Virginia or is that all you want to take? Well, I think Virginia and Clemson kind of have some correlation here. Don't you think? I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it's, we're getting to the point now that I, I don't believe anything that is going to get better in the, in <laughs> Charlottesville and which is a shame because I'm typically the anti UVA type, right? I'm a, I'm a Hokie. Right. So I love seeing them be awful, but <laughs> I have enough personal and fantasy, bought in on that offense that it's annoying to see but they're awful they're just so bad they even have volume at this point but i don't know what the heck they're doing you know, it's just awful we talked about it probably a month or so ago maybe a little longer than that and we talked about like how can an offensive coordinator just come in and wreck it or just re- does he finally realize like look this worked for them last year let's go ahead and just ride that until i can kind of work things out it doesn't seem like that's what he's doing it seems like he's coming in He's calling all the shots. This is what we're going to do. Even if it doesn't work, we're going to do it. And that's very frustrating, especially if you have Armstrong, you have any of the wide receivers that they've got. Like, that's very frustrating, especially when you saw last year how dynamic they were. So, yeah, I mean, Armstrong was awesome. He was right. like a top five quarterback. Right. And then they had Lavelle, uh, uh, Dontavian Wicks and Davis is back from injury and Keaton Thompson like which is interesting because guys like Thompson are getting usage like Wicks is getting crazy targets but he's not catching anything right I think part of that is just his hands I think watching the Syracuse game it was like whoa dude like, <laughs> do you not practice on the jugs machine but like Keaton Thompson has been pretty good he just cannot find the end zone um but that's just a that's just kind of where where is and the reason why I like the topic to start with is because of your boy DJU. Yeah, because 
he kind of went from that like amazing recruit to amazing game against Notre Dame mm-hmm. at Notre Dame as his refreshman, and then had the horrible season, and now he's actually been pretty good. Yeah, like I watched that the uh, NC State game was the first full game I've watched of his. You know, I've seen little snippets here and there, and he's looked terrible. Um, but in, when I watched the whole game, I thought, you know what? This offense isn't as explosive as it's been with, you know, Taj Boyd, Sean Watson, Trevor Lawrence, the all the quarterbacks that they've had in the last 10 years. But he, they're making it work with him. And he doesn't seem to be making the dumb throws near as often. Um, he, needs, he seems to be a little more um, careful with the ball. But he's also running the ball, which is nice. Um, he seems he slimmed down, right? He was he said he was yeah way too big last he year. He was like two sixty or something last year, something ridiculous. Which I always said, you know, the Dr Pepper and Bojangles um, nil deals didn't help him. It can't, yeah. I you know do Nutrafast or Weight Watchers <laughs> or something. Don't right. do don't right. do uh, Bojangles. I mean, that'll get you every yeah. time. So he dropped. I think they said twenty to thirty pounds or something. Like got in shape. Um, looks more. Um, or lean. He's still a big guy, but I think his rushing statistics, he's not going to be Malik Cunningham where he's just going to run all over the place. He's going to be that quarterback lead, quarterback power run game where he gets a lot of goal line opportunities, a lot of short yardage opportunities, which is good if you know that's what you're going to get from him. He Every time they're inside the five, he has a legitimate shot at a rushing touchdown. Right. And that's always I mean, nice. Yeah, I mean, he has 14 carries the last two games. Yeah. Um, it looks like they want to use him more in ACC play because obviously very, I thought, very good defense. Maybe, maybe not. Um, and now they need some offensive help. And how, you do, how do you do it? Well, mm-hmm. you get rid of a OC or it's Tony Elliott, right? That's yeah. the whole, that's the basis of that is Tony Elliott, right? It's gone. He's improved. He's slimmer. Uh, I'm buying it. I mean, I think there's enough reason and enough at this point data points to say, okay, well, like he's not a world beater. He's not a Heisman Trophy candidate, but yet, like, yet. he's definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's slightly behind Bo Nix. Um, <laughs> but like he's pretty legitimate. Like I, I, he's a fantasy option consistently. I think now that mm-hmm. ECC is so bad defensively as a whole. And, uh, you know, maybe down the road, he's like six, five, just look six, four, yeah. two thirty five. Like, NFL teams are going to love that. Oh, they're going to drool. So. They're already drooling all over that. Like, like it's. I don't think it's another Jamarcus Russell situation. I think there's a little more there to work with. Um, if he if he buys in and actually, like, unlike Jamarcus Russell, and actually tries to get better when he gets to the league, I think he could be a, a really good NFL quarterback. It's just. It's so up and down, but it is kind of. It looks like it's stabilizing at Clemson right now. It looks like he's finally found his his little groove to where he can be a very serviceable, especially in fantasy, quarterback. And I want to ask you. Uh, I know we're we're in the dynasty, our dynasty league together, um, so you may not want to help me since you know I'm in first place. Sure. Um, which, by the way, for everybody listening, this is the first time in like the what eight years we've done this league. That me, you, and Andrew are like all in the t- in, a, in a playoff position at this point in the season. A lot of it's because of me, though. To be fair, <laughs> I think we've had the two of you guys do 
quite well and I've just kind of <laughs> been at the bottom. But yeah, even my team is doing well. Right. So but what's what's your fantasy proposition so, question? So I, I haven't had a season or a week this season where I've thought, man, I'm going to start DJU. But this week, I'm seriously considering it because I have Daquan Finn. He's, he's a must start for me against Northern Illinois. But I have Levis against South Carolina, who's he's solid. But if I really want to take it to the top, I think DJU against Boston College is the start. Yeah, I mean, it depends, I guess, on what you kind of need. Because I have Nikosi Perry, who's on a bye. And he's so up and down. He could be really good, and then he could just be eh, right? But I have Jaron Hall at Notre Dame. I don't love that. I don't either. So my only – I have A.J. Swan against Ole Miss, which, you know, whatever. But – DJU seems like it's between you, DJU and Levis. And that's where I'm kind of at a, at a crossroads because I think Levis is the safe play. Um, I think he's going to get you two, maybe three touchdowns pretty pretty um, regularly. But DJU could pop for four, five, six, you know, especially with him running the way he is. So I think you can argue that DJU is as safe or maybe safer than levis i mean he's running it so much his usage is high and he's just being better right so yeah. like i can see him getting easily 300 yards and two touchdowns you know yeah. and, and at least you know at least 30 to 45 of those 300 total yards would be rushing so yeah i think i would lean dju there um but i definitely agree with jaron hall i like him he's been great but i just would sit him okay my, uh, my why other, would you play him my other potential option i guess i haven't really looked up the whole Bryce Young situation. Is he playing this week? I don't think they've really said much. Because but... I have Milrow. And I'm wondering if that's... If, if Milrow's starting, do I start him instead of DJU? I wouldn't do that. Right? Because that, I, that feels getting cute. I mean, I know Milrow... But it's potentially... He could, he could week, throw but... for four touchdowns and in that offense, you never know. But I think they'd lean on the run game. More I talk it out. Yeah, I think they would. He'd probably get a couple touchdowns. I don't think his upside is enough. Like, I think DJU provides just as much upside or close to it. Yeah. So I wouldn't. I mean, he went for like 50 points two weeks ago. I think that just is getting cute. Yeah. Especially since, like, Bryce Young could easily play. So. Yeah. Jared, he said, uh, what's up? Helping me get through lunch or helping get to lunch. Okay. Mm. So. He's a late lunch guy. Apparently. Well, well, I guess it's 12.30. Maybe he's taking the one. Yeah. See, for me, it, this is 11.30. So I'm God's time zone, right? God's time zone. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be... There's such an advantage when I was working uh, in the office hourly shifts and I had to like clock in and out and I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a necessarily like a set time for lunch. Mm-hmm. I, when I was, This is actually when I was working at the Hall of Fame. I used to love taking a late lunch because, you know, you take that one to two o'clock or one to one forty five or whatever, and you get back and you only have three hours. But if you take that early lunch, it feels like you're just sitting there forever. Yeah. So Jared taking it to one. He says nice. Nice. All right. So, so what we're on Jared, let's talk about. Yeah, Georgia. why not? <laughs> let's talk about Georgia. So oh, no. Georgia, I didn't watch the game in, in fairness, but you know, across the bottom of the screen, I kept seeing like, okay, they're they're struggling. Why are they not scoring on Missouri? And Missouri just kept like chipping away, field goal, field goal, field goal. I'm thinking, okay, they're Georgia's going to get a touchdown and be right back into this game, and it just never seemed to happen. 
until the very end. Um, did you watch? Did you watch the game? Decent bit. I was at trivia, so I was kind of watching it, kind of not. I mean, that just felt like it was going to happen, right? Like, yeah, you you watch Missouri kick all those field goals, and some of them were longer than others, right? But it's like, man, you got to score a touchdown. And it came back to bite him. I mean, I don't really know what Georgia's doing um, because, like, Daywan Edwards basically led the team in carries. And I remember him being in on the last drive. I mean, he scored a touchdown, right? So, like, playing the backups, right? Well, he is a backup. Maybe not anymore. <laughs> yeah. More the point, right? Like, what's the what's the deal? Are they not – what are they worried about with Milton and McIntosh? Because I thought both of them were pretty good to very serviceable at the very least. So, like – I don't know. I, you know, looks, it seems like they don't have enough playmakers. Um, yeah. And their defense. The, are you talking about like on, on the outside? You're talking about like on the, on the perimeter. More on the outside. Yeah. I like the running backs, generally speaking, but like, you know, they're spreading it around a bunch of guys. It's almost like, dude, just throw it to Brock Bowers like every single time. <laughs> what are you doing? So I don't know. I mean, Georgia is going to crush Auburn this weekend. It shouldn't even be close. Um, I think that spreads like 30. So is it really that much? Uh, it's like 29 and a half. Goodness. I think it's in Athens. So mm. might be gross. I don't know. So I is mean, that, the... I think you can yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say is, is it... Oop, playing in my headphones. Oh, it's highlights from the Georgia game. Um, anyway, um, you think that's Harson's last, last stand. If they get blown out, if they get, 55-0. And I could see Georgia saying, you know what? Like, we need to get running all cylinders mm-hmm. again. Let's get the momentum And they want to beat Let's Auburn get the fan bad. base not yeah. panicking. Let's show we can score and then do it efficiently like they were against Oregon. Like, I could see that this being a big win. And uh, it might if it's really ugly, I could see Harson. Yeah. But they might just – I don't know when his buyout becomes less, right? You know, there's right. always that point in the season where it drops. There's no reason not to just wait. Right, yeah. unless Dion calls and says, "Hey, I'm here for the taking. If you want me, I just don't think Dion has that. I'm not trying to get into that whole discussion. Um, I just, uh, I, I just don't think Dion's in a rush to take a job. Um, but uh, anyway, Jared we, says Harson is already fired. They're just letting him ride out the season, which I, I agree. I think that's also that's the truth. He's He's kind of like the guy from state uh, from the office or I'm sorry, office space where he's got the stapler and they just kind of like keep pushing them into different corners of the office. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how he survives. The only way I feel like he, it would be is if he were to like win out and I, I don't, I don't see that. I don't That's think he wins. I, I don't think he wins this week and I'm not sure. Or, well, I mean, I don't the other team I know for sure that they play is Alabama and I don't think they beat them. So they play Western Kentucky too. And they might lose that'll that. Be a, that'll be an interesting one. Yeah. And I think that they might fire him if they lose that one. <laughs> yeah. That's right him. before the Bama game. Right so before the Iron Bowl. Yeah. They just let it happen. But no, I, I agree. I think he's already done. Now it comes back to Boise is the offensive coordinator. That would be incredible. I would take it in a heartbeat as you go. The well, offense for Boise has been terrible. We'll do you talk think about he's just too. a bad fit for Auburn, or do you think he's I, such a great fit for Boise? Or what I, is I'll there? say this: I think going from Boise State to Auburn is a huge, like, it's a galactic jump, in my opinion. Right. Like you're going from a, a, a place where, let's face it, nine wins at Boise is is 
in a down year is still pretty easily achievable. Where at Auburn, you're expected to come in and win the SEC, right? Like, well, I would say get within, close to it, right? With, you're right. You're going to challenge for the SEC. And I just don't know how – like that's such a huge jump in expectation. Um, I, I just – if he had, let's say, if he had taken a, I don't know, like a Texas Tech job, right, and took them and made them a, a contender for the Big Twelve for two or three years, and then, okay, now Auburn's looking for a coach. You got a guy that he won the Big Twelve with Texas Tech maybe once. That doesn't seem like as big of a, an ask, but from Boise to Auburn seems huge, especially in terms of expectation. I think it's a much different and, expectation and, for sure. And culture. Let's 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 be real. Like at Boise, like the the culture, yeah, it's football. They love football up there. I get it, but it's it's not It's Auburn. not the same not, when you're the south, right? trying to relate to five stars and four right. stars, things like that. You right. know, the mentality might be a little bit different. Right. Like you have at Boise you have you might have the one or two four stars that you that you pluck from California and Texas, right? But your whole roster at, at Auburn is pretty much four and five star caliber players, um, and that that's that's tough, especially when you're trying to recruit. If you were recruiting, if, if you were to go be the head coach at, at Auburn, what's your pitch? Like we're Auburn. I mean, <laughs> like that, that's like it's that's it's, it's a one Brian Harson. You know, I had, I had all the success at Boise State, but those kids probably don't even know who Boise State is. If we're being honest. So, you know, the, the only teams that matter to them is, you know, the Alabamas, the LSUs, the big, the big blue bloods of college football. And that's such a huge, um, like, a, it's, it's really like a canyon of gap between Boise State or just a G5 to a power five. Because you would say they're a top 25 job, right? Auburn yeah. Be. I mean, the facilities and... I don't want to say the booster alumni money. I don't think it's that insane, but like probably top fifteen job, really. There's, yeah, there's there's enough support in all those angles, you know. And people, yeah. you're gonna get the random person that'll come just because it's Auburn, you know. You don't, you know, maybe in the Northwest you get that with Boise, but like you get that. that well, the uh, Boise thing was reach. always big because they were always winning, and it seemed like a, a, a 11, 11 and one, twelve and zero season was pretty pretty much inevitable, and. They knew, okay, if we go 12-0, and 0, we're getting a New Year 6 game. Right. And you're going to be playing against a team, a big team, on the big stage and probably had a game early in the season where you played on prime time and had to win that game to even get to where you are. And to keep that run as long as they have is pretty incredible, really. Considering it's not I like... Think- it's not like they're getting five stars to come in there and, and bolster right. the program. Like they're they're really truly building it with like three star caliber leftovers from California and Texas. Yeah, well, we've seen that work. Uh, I think the luster of Boise has kind of like worn out, worn off a little bit, just because like I remember that whole stretch, right? When same with like Virginia Tech, right? Like. Virginia Tech was the defense and special teams and scoring that way. And Boise was the blue field and scoring these crazy trick game, plays. Right? Yeah, right. And I think that's worn off because to other for what like tech for one, right? Like everybody takes special teams seriously now and defense, stuff like that. But like that whole 
novelty of the blue field thing is kind of gone, but they, I mean, they're consistent winners. I think they're just kind of missing strategy, uh, strategy, game and planning. You have to think like the calling. turnover of coaches doesn't help either. Like doesn't help when, no. when you're at a, a top uh, G five program, regardless of who it is, when you, when you consistently win, look at Memphis, I'll just use them. They're here local for me, but you look at, they were awful forever. And then they had a coach come in, Fuente comes in and and t- turns them around, makes them a 9, 10, 11 win team for a couple years. Then he goes, gets his job. Okay, so they have to get a Norvell. He comes in, keeps it rolling. Okay, he wins. So guess what? He gets a big job. So now you're asking a third guy to come in. There's no way you hit the lottery three times in a row on a coach, right? Yeah, you're going to miss eventually, right? Like, right. I think that's kind of what happened is – they just kept replacing. They got winners. They got good coaches, and then they just they've and, kind of fallen. And typically, when you take when the head coach leaves, the staff goes too. It's not like the head coach just goes, and then the, the OC DCs are still there, and they just promote with from within. It's the whole staff usually kind of goes, and then they have to replace the whole staff, and that's so hard to do like every other year for a G five program when you're trying to, st- especially at the we're using Boise as like the a template, I guess. But like if you're wanting to win 10, 11, 12 games a season, coaching turnover does not help because all those recruits that you had that you were three, maybe even you plucked a four-star kid. He might not want to go now. He said, you know what? I was going because of Chris Peterson, or I was going because Brian mm-hmm. Harson was the head coach. Like now he's gone and that offer's not on the table for Auburn. So I'm going to, Washington, or I'm going to Oregon, or I'm going to wherever, right? So that's like longevity is tough when you when you have a lot of coaching turnover. But stay on Boise for a second because I want to talk about the game Friday night. Um, I did watch it, and I was for the first half was so disappointed. I'm like, okay, Dirk Cutter is going to come in, he's going to stabilize the offense. It's going to be, it's at least going to be serviceable to where, you know, it'll be product semi productive. Well, first half, they're blanked, 13 to nothing. And they said it's like the first time in forever that they've been shut out in a half at home. And I'm thinking, okay, this San Diego State team is not that good. I know they're, they're defensively they're good, but they're not, they're not this good. Mm-hmm. And second half, they decide we're going to run the ball. doesn't matter who they gave the ball to. Halani, JNT, they all just ran the ball. And then Taylor Green, he took off with some runs. like, And they... Blanked, I think it's 30, 35 nothing in the second half, mm-hmm. which is complete contrast to the first half. And they asked Dirk Cutter, I guess, in his post-game interview, what the like the game plan was. He basically said it was a five-play rotation, and they just couldn't stop it. And I, I believe it's more than that. I think there had to be some adjustment made. There's no way that all of a sudden you just pick these five plays and they just work. There had to be an offensive line adjustment. Something changed for them to just dominate like that. I hope it keeps going because it was it was fun. It was fun to see them actually. I wonder if they I wonder if they continue the the heavy rushing workload. I think everybody agrees Gene T is gonna be good. Yes, he's or is good. good. And Halani has shown flashes for sure and has frustrated us for years. So I'm curious if now that they have green at quarterback. I think having legs. green at quarterback opens up the running game way more than it did with Hank Bachmeyer. Bachmeyer wasn't moving. He was he was a statue, right? And that only works 
if you have You're a slinging. if you can throw the ball. Like, and the problem was, Hank, for whatever reason, he regressed. Probably the most regression I've seen from a freshman to a senior. Like, just every year, it just seemed like he was. It, it just did, it was not clicking with him. His best season, in my opinion, was his freshman season. Maybe not statistically, but as a freshman, you expect him to make mistakes, right? That's that's kind of the the name of the game. But you don't make freshman mistakes as a senior. That can't happen. Um, yeah, I mean, he was great that first game against Florida State. That was just such a. It almost felt like he was playing a football. Iconic it's game, like he was playing football him. and not really thinking about everything that you need to like he wasn't reading the game he wasn't you know thinking about the plays it's like he was out there in the backyard slinging it right doing what he's supposed to do to win a football game like kind of like johnny football you know he would just play football um but i to back to your point do you think they run the ball i think they have to i think that's the most consistent part of their offense um the wide receivers you've got three or four guys that are capable but Taylor Green, I don't know if you guys have watched him. You know, like it's exciting fantasy wise because he runs, and his his arm is not great. Questionable. Yeah. Well, because because they're because they're talking about Vidlak being um being like influential on the offense. The other the transfer from Oregon State they got, and if they're still considering him getting time, tells me that they want to throw the ball because he his arm is great. Um, but I guess Brett, he's watching us live right now. Um, he says Cutter's influence on the offense definitely showed. Fresno's having a rough go of it right now, and that's who we play this week. So, yeah, I mean Fresno without Hainer is just rough. Hainer and like three or four other big starters. So they started off so hot, it felt like losing to wise. They have some good offense, but I think we've exhausted the Boise talk. Good, because that's that's all I need for the season. That's all you got. That's okay, all I need for the season. Well, I wasn't even to go with the season. I just was thinking no, for today. I'm good for the season. Uh, I think we have to hit Colin Schley now, right? I think incredible that's game. Fair. What a great! I think Andrew and I were concerned. What, let's see some confirmation on what they're going to do rushing wise with him. He had, uh, I think, he had like 77 rush yards, a touchdown. He had almost 400 passing yards, something like three or four touchdowns. So. He's going to be, I mean, considering he's got three year, uh, three years of eligibility and he's hmm. not an NFL quarterback. Right. He could terrorize the Mac for three straight years. It'll be, that's one fun and exciting thing to think about for the next three years. Absolutely. I, I, I didn't really watch that game for Schley because I have Cooper, Marcus Cooper on my team. And I saw he had 40 carries, 40 for 240 yards. I can't ask for anything more than that, right? Like that's like the the pinnacle of rushing statistics. When you see a guy get 40 40 carries, like jeez, like that's awesome. But Schley, like you said, he's he's got all this eligibility and he's not going pro. It's it's fantastic. Andrew's probably just he's living the dream right now with Colin Schley. He loves that. He was, that was the guy that he's probably the most all in on, and he he's nailed it. I don't see how he does back in like January here. too. Like he yeah. was like he's the guy. Like and he's grabbing him in every chance he could. And like when Andrew gets locked in on a guy, he's rarely wrong. I know every, we all have our misses. I get it, but 
he like when he really locks in on a guy, it's it's pretty impressive, really. Um, but yeah, I think especially with Maction coming up, like it's just it's gonna be great, right? What what is your favorite? We asked via Twitter yesterday. What's your favorite part of Maction? We're about twenty seven days away now. My favorite part, I think it's. You know, on those those nights or Tuesday, Wednesday nights where there's nothing on TV, you know, like I guess you have baseball playoffs or kind of you're probably looking near the World Series at that point. But that's I guess basketball starting up. But like to me, you're not getting NFL football until Thursday. You you essentially get football Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The only day you don't have it is Monday. And sometimes, well, if you have Monday night football, you cover NFL. Football. You have you have football every day, but for college football, it's basically Tuesday through through Saturday, and it's great. That's probably my favorite part of it. And there's a lot of other aspects of like the games actually being fun to watch and chaotic. But what's your yeah, favorite? I think uh, that's a great point. I love the consistent, just nonstop football. I mean, who doesn't love that? Big fan of just the crazy, wild, ridiculous performances like. I posted yesterday Jared Patterson's eight touchdown game. I forgot like how crazy, <laughs> how crazy of a stat line that was. So I think just the, it, there's a variety of things, right? I like think you could ask 10 people that are degenerates like us yeah. and you could get 10 different responses, but like lob city loves the cold weather, mm. you know, like the frigid, the game is like 40 yeah. mile an hour winds. That's something ridiculous. Like, what is even, yeah. It's just awful. And then like, or like the, the snow games, that yeah. type of stuff. It's always unique, you know, like in the South, it's just going to be cold, whatever. But like, you like don't get that in the SEC. You'll get you'll get the cold, but it's also a, like a blizzard. I'm not sure how they're even playing this game. Like, it, and it's like, you know what? We're, we're not canceling Maction. And I, I wonder if the conference pushes that because it's like, look, we have this Tuesday time slot where we are the only thing on TV. We have to play this game. I mean, that's where they, they do it for money, right? Yeah. Like the reason why they they do it is because they get some publicity and the money with ESPN. So right. they're almost forced into doing it. So, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's. But it's 100%. great. It's great for us because, you know, I, I'm not one to um, really care about who wins and who loses those games. It's, it's more so just it's usually chaos, like a whole chaos filled game where it's 58 to 52 went to triple overtime in the snow or something stupid right like that's what we love to see especially when we're in fantasy like you have a guy on either of those teams you're you probably won on tuesday right like you have the like if you had patterson like whoever has patterson wins that week regardless of whatever happens the rest of the week so you had 75 points from your running back like i feel like that's pretty much a locked in win. So yeah. Yeah, going and someone mentioned that too, like getting thirty points from a guy on a Tuesday. Hey, oh, it's great. The weekend up, you know. So. I don't know who it was. It might have been Josh. Um that actually what uh Justice is asking if you're taking pictures. It's not me. Oh, I was I was uh screenshotting something can you actually hear that uh, yeah i could hear that i was oh, just wow, ignoring it but good. but but our audience seems to to hear it so <sighs> go figure i'll stop jared's got a question jared has a question yeah. but, I, but i wanted to um 
Now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, anyway, Maction. We we're just talking about... <laughs> I completely forgot what we were just talking about. We were talking about. about the favorite parts of Maction. <clears throat> oh, no, no. I don't know who it was in the um, Twitter uh, thread there. Like, they said that, like, who starts a player on in Maction just so they have somebody on Tuesday? <laughs> just something to have. Like... I don't do it because I do enough like DFS stuff. I used to do it. I would hunter like that's like a tiebreaker for like yeah. fantasy NFL stuff that I do because I don't do DFS really for that. So if it's between two, I'm taking the Thursday night guy. I'm taking the Monday night football guy, Sunday night football guy. Right. That's like the tiebreaker for me because you sure. want to watch and play, right? Like that's kind of some of it. But I used to be one of those guys. Like I kind of want somebody on on Tuesday night because I just want it to be the guy on Tuesday night where I have points on the board and they don't like, it's just, it, sometimes yeah. it was at a detriment to your team. Cause you put a guy in, he'd have 15 points, which isn't the worst, but you're like, you know what? The guy I had there may have gotten me 30, 25, 30. I have um, <laughs> some buddies that we do. Like we pick like four or five games a week and we mm-hmm. just say, who's going to cover this spread or something. It's like a two month competition just to try to give us some juice. Mm-hmm. And I will 100% do that on Mac stuff. And I like 80% of the time lose. So I need to stop <laughs> doing it. But it gives me incentive to watch those games. So I'm right there with you. Right, right. there with that that commenter. What's Jared's question? Right, so Jared, for us? Jared's question, there's been some dialogue Jared. back and forth. Uh, he says, what are you guys doing with Deuce Vaughn? Martinez can't vulture forever, right? Like, he didn't yeah. vulture like this at Nebraska. Like he can't, like he could, but it's still the big 12. He's still getting a ton of touches. Like I don't have any, is it like awesome? Is it ideal that Martinez is this capable of a runner? But like, sure. Yeah. It's not great. But like he also had a long, I think he had like a 20 yard touchdown run. He had a long touchdown run. I think last week as well. Like yeah. some of this stuff is going to even out. I think so that I don't know. Vaughn he's clearly there they're they're back right like that's it's not like he's sharing carries other than with martinez and yeah it's not ideal that he's vulturing touchdowns like like jared says he loves his volume yardage it's just touchdown opportunities of tank and i've got more audio in my that's um it's i think you got to ride with vaughn because he he's one of the few backs that's consistently getting the volume that you want a lot of these guys that we see like look at alabama right like jameer gibbs had his his breakout game if you will but over the last few weeks it's it's kind of been a three-man rotation and i know gibbs is the the premier of those three guys but like mcclellan's getting getting touches like there's uh rodell williams is that his name sanders too sanders Three yeah sanders and, and, and maybe now gibbs is gonna emerge as the the home run guy moving forward, but well, I would say there are two very different circumstances of they like are. of potentially panic. Um, but I would much rather have Deuce. Mm. Like Deuce is not necessarily performing to the same level as Gibbs in a sense, like points per touch and stuff like that. But he's getting the touches. Yeah. Gibbs had finally had the breakout game last week. Mm-hmm. You wonder does Saban see that and say, okay, well, like maybe I have been kind of dumb to not well, here's force the hand how much of how much of gibbs's production was that bryce young was out though like 
they they leaned on the running game, I think, because Milrow isn't the same passer that that Bryce. Yeah, Young but they is. also they also didn't spread it around a bunch. No, right? Like, so I hundred percent agree that they're going to run more with Milrow. You just have to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that Gibbs has upside. I think his his brighter days are still ahead of him because I think they're going to see that. I think they're starting to see that he really is the better option for running backs. They ran so, it more last week, but they didn't spread it around as much as in previous weeks where he was getting like three or four carries. So back to the pre- the original question, Vaughn, you got to keep rolling him out, right? Like that. that's the yeah, idea. Yeah, 100%. Because Justice says if you have him, you got to roll him out, I think. I, I agree with that. I think you can't. He's like Braylon Allen. It'd be one thing if he was giving you 20 carries for 65 yards week in, week out. That's a whole different conversation. But if you have 20, what do you have, 20 something carries over like 170 yards? Like, he didn't have a touchdown, but that's still what seventeen points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a high floor guy, right? Like yeah. with all those touches, he gets like fifty percent of carries and like twenty twenty five percent of targets. So, right, that and that offense seems to be doing very well in mm-hmm. the Big Twelve. That doesn't like to play defense. So all signs point to him more being the law of averages of of seeing that uptick back to touchdowns. Like I just. It's not like he's, you know, the whole concern before Vaughn blew up was like, okay, like he showed to be good, but he's so small. Well, yeah. he's taken a beating for like a year and a half. So, yeah. Um, let's see the other game. We already kind of just touched on Alabama. We touched on Georgia. Um, talked about Clemson already. Is there anything about, let's see, Michigan? They beat Iowa. What do you think about Michigan? Corum had his, a good day. But they, yeah, it's but just they let be a lot of ground and But they let um I don't know how I should I should word this, but BTR has claimed that Petros is an arm punter. And they let of course they they let the arm punter throw for two hundred and forty six yards on them. That's a little it's concerning, right? It's a bad showing, yeah. But <laughs> I think game scripts, they were playing a little I think they knew they weren't gonna just let him they weren't going to beat him going short. So they let him do it. And they just, like, if you watch the second half, they just threw a bunch of short stuff that took forever. And Michigan was just like, okay, like, mm-hmm. I'm, we're up two to three scores. Like, you do know there's not infinite time to try to come back. So, right. I don't think there's anything concerning there, but it is funny to see that uh, he did perform decently, I guess, against Michigan. Um, I, one game I think we need to talk about because Andrew would love to talk about it Oklahoma State Baylor. Um, he was super excited about this game, I think, this week. And, you know, Oklahoma State pretty much rolled that game. Um, Baylor had a better second half, but Spencer Sanders actually didn't have the game that I think Andrew was anticipating. Um, but I, but man, they look good. Just all around, they're pretty good. Like, they're, yeah, I think Oklahoma State's. Yeah. It's hard to say who's the front runner, but it'd be hard not to think Oklahoma State's not in uh, that conversation after beating Baylor, right? Like yeah. Texas has lost. Oklahoma doesn't look all that great, even kind of with Dylan Gabriel mm-hmm. healthy. So Oklahoma State seems to be like it seems to be their year because Baylor's good, obviously, right? Baylor is At good. Baylor and they won by eleven. Like I think that's pretty good. And I think Baylor is good, but not as good as we thought they'd be. You know, I think yeah. people aren't as scared about their defenses maybe last year. 
So their running game is not the same as it was last year, right? That's also true. Yeah, that Shapin's br- looks pretty good though. He had a couple picks. Shapin does look very good. Yeah. Really good. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to give a nod to that game because I know Andrew really is all about Oklahoma State. Um, any other games this past week? Oh, I I want to talk about Illinois beating Wisconsin, like literally <laughs> beating them at their own game, right? Like it was just like Bielema said, I'm going to come in and run the shit out of the ball in Wisconsin and beat them. And he, and he did like Chase Brown looks unstoppable at this point. Um, I thought that the was, usage there is insane too. Right. Right. And like Tommy DeVito had a decent game. I think that's when, you know, I mean, that's why Chris got fired. Right. <laughs> you can't lose yeah. to Illinois. Right. Braylon Allen running seven. I think it was like seven or eight times for two mm-hmm. yards is insane. Um, they did something to him, but they, they just straight stumped him. What yeah. I, I would have never guessed that that would happen. Illinois is better than, than we uh, thought they'd be. Yeah, and what did we, a little bit game managing? What did we project them to have? Probably in, two wins in terms of. Uh, I'm about to pull it up just because I'm curious. But um, you said two. Is that what you said we had them at? Like, we had them at three. So they've already won four. So we're already they're going to lose out. They have some tougher competition going there, right? They probably play what Minnesota. Well, they've already, it doesn't matter. They could lose out and we're still wrong. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, but we're only wrong by one if they lose (laughs) out. Um, We've got a lot of comments actually in the YouTube chat. Um, Let me scroll up here. Um, Justice, how do you guys think the UCF SMU plays out tonight? Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's tonight. Because it got great game. Yeah. Um, I like it. He says he thinks it's high scoring. I think it's going to be fun too. Um, Now, SMU has those guys that are going to sit out the rest of the season hit the portal yeah right? but it's like nobody's i'm just it's like just kidding but yeah. it was so anticlimactic when i saw that link and then i clicked it and i'm like oh whatever it's just like right. it's it's not mordecai going yeah it's not <laughs> right. i was like oh god not where she writes not where she right writes, not where she... um i i hope it's high scoring justice because i i actually started javon baker this week and mm. i think not a bad play i have a lot of players on a buy so it kind of works out that I have to kind of throw him out there, but I think it's a good game to throw him out there. Yeah. I mean, this should be back and forth. Both. Mm -hmm. I think both teams want to go pretty fast. Obviously UCF does. Uh, Plumlee is awesome. Mordecai is awesome. He's running it a little bit more this year. You know, Sigurds is great. Like I think there's going to be a lot of options and UCF is getting a little quirky at running back. I think Bowser's the running back one, but in my head, there is debate as to who that second guy is. Um, between Richardson, Johnny Richardson, and this R.J. Harvey, the former man, he's he's been there a while. He's gotten hurt a couple times, and he's back from an ACL surgery. R.J. Harvey. So, considering pricing and stuff, I'll definitely make sure I have some Harvey and Richardson. I think both of them are super viable tonight. But I'm hoping for like a just like a great 35-31 game, back and forth. Someone's got to make a stop at the end, type of thing. And I think we will. I, both teams are going to have 10, 11 days to. To, they will have had 10 to 11 days of rest slash prep. Um, yeah. It should be a, this is a really, really, this is about as good as it gets for a weekday game. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we want to wrap this up here in the next 10 minutes or so, but uh, let's move ahead into this week. Some games, uh, game days in Kansas for the first time ever, which I think they deserve it. I think that's fair. 100% deserve it. Good ranked matchup. Yep. You know, Kansas was so upset about not getting it what, a week or two ago. Yeah. Totally fair. 
and it's a great matchup for them to have it. I they're seven point underdogs at home. TC, I worry the Cinderella story might be might end, and I think it might. But man, game day's weird, man. Like you never know what kind of what kind of juice that gives a team. Right, you know, like that seven point game. It, TCU could blow them out, but I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas hangs around the whole game and is in it in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, I Daniels, Jalen Daniels, for me. And you guys, you know what? I was picking him in all these best balls early in the. In the we were making fun of you, and yeah, you were making we, fun we of were, me. We and we I said the guy has talent. Now, whether or not Kansas is any good is a whole different story. But yeah. Like you, you can see the talent that he had. Um, I think there's a ton of options this weekend, and the pricing is not crazy. I probably will burn more money again by getting this wrong, but I probably won't play a ton of Jalen Daniels. He only had 15 attempts last yeah. game. I think they had like 45 total plays. They might try to slow it down um, mm-hmm. because TCU likes to go fast and wants to keep it up, you know, up tempo slow, and score slow, slow So yeah. they might try to do that, right? Yeah. So, and Highshaw's hurt for them. So I'm curious to see what they do with Devin Neal. Do they bring in another guy to be that 1B or do they just let Devin Neal be kind of the superstar, really talented running back that he can show. Right. Um, Friday, or we got the game tonight, and then there's four games Friday night. The game on Friday night that really, I think, if you had asked two months ago, like what game would be fun, kind of fun, Colorado State, Nevada. And that's a complete stinker now. Like Colorado State's 0-4, which there's no way. I'm sure we did their win total too. Matter of fact, I know we did. Oh, well, actually, you know no, it we was didn't, great. We didn't do their win total. Oh, no, thank God, because we would have got that so wrong because yeah. of Andrew. Um, but we, there was no reason to think they wouldn't be good. Like we, every like their offense was going to be going to come in and they're just going to throw it all over the place and they're going to look really good doing it. And they look bad. Um, UNLV looks surprisingly good. Um, yeah, that's probably the most interesting game and of course it's on yeah. cbs sports network so i can't watch it <laughs> so, so, but. yeah you know v at san jose state like that's a that's kind of a fun one um let's see tennessee lsu i have a guy at work that he's a big tennessee fan and he's like man tillman's out and i was like you don't know about brew mccoy do you <laughs> <laughs> you're not a fan of the show huh? like, he, I, uh, I i think tillman might play but I don't think he would play much. They might right. do the old. I'm starting Hyatt this week. Distraction. I think. Yeah, I, I actually hope he plays because then what would happen is people might be on him, but mo- most importantly, they would be off of Hyatt and Brew. Yeah, and I think those are two obviously very good options. You know that lens only minus three. Mm-hmm. Tennessee. Yeah, I picked them. It was two and a half is what I, you know, I committed our locks of the week. You know, I picked Tennessee. It's good timing on that one. Um, and and the other one, I, three and a half, you know. the other one I picked was Texas at six and a half. I think against Oklahoma, that feels like kind of it was kind of like a like a instant reaction as soon as I saw it. Yeah, give me Texas because Oklahoma's coming off a couple bad games, but that, that can go any anywhere. Um, you know, what game is really interesting yeah. is this Utah UCLA game, and we get to see mm. it at three thirty. It's not like a, oh, it's not a. 10 o'clock after dark where you're just yeah okay. it's not after dark um yeah that's that'll that be a really fun. good game i'm curious what they do with tavion thomas does bobo i think this legitimizes one this is going to be the game that either they got to put up or shut up is ucla they're five and oh 
Utah mm-hmm. Utah is kind of the the pack. They're the bar setter. Yeah, they, I mean, I guess Pac-12. maybe USC, but I think if UCLA beats Utah, you're now starting that that game UCLA USC is going to look really fun at the end of the season. That'll be a super high scoring game. That's got to be, be game day, right? Like if they if they keep winning, like that's got to be the game day, right? Right. Yep. What um, about uh, Oregon at Arizona? That game, I've been kind of keeping an eye on Arizona. They are fun to watch. Um, De- uh, Delora's just gone crazy. Yeah, they're 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 playing well. Um, Oregon, this is another one. Like, are you any good, or are you just beating up on bad teams? Because you got annihilated by Georgia, which we kind of expected to happen, but. This is you better win all your games in the Pac-12 because you want any shot at at a playoff. You got to win them because well, yeah, at Arizona yeah. then they got UCLA. I think they have a bye. Then they have UCLA, Cal, Colorado, Washington, Utah, Oregon State. Like those games aren't going to be easy. But this is where yeah, I think it, you're going to find out how good Oregon really. Is. Well, what they're going to run into here is it's not that they lost so poorly that doesn't help but they did it to a team that is most likely going to be in the playoff in yeah. georgia mm-hmm. so they really need to win out um not just win they out need look to, good they need to get some out. style points too yeah. on some of these wins they i think if they were to win out they'd be in right i think people yeah. could wash away the fact that it was week one yeah. when they got blown out but it doesn't help but it won't help so. if georgia starts losing <laughs> I, I don't think Georgia's going to. No, much I don't. As I rag on them, I don't think they're going to lose. Um, so yeah, it'd be fun to see them lose, of course, but right. I don't. I don't see it happening. Um, Alabama A and M's probably not going to be as fun as we kind of hoped. Um, because that was that was probably the slated. If you asked the beginning of the season what the game day game was going to be, it was going to be that one. Well, they threw it on the um, the night game. Right, you know they you the, they designated the doubleheader for it, and it yeah. uh, it's fallen on now, its face a little bit. I know I'm not starting Jaron Hall this week against Notre Dame, but that game would be pretty interesting too. Yeah. Um, at Notre Dame, BYU is going to have to go in there, and BYU is good. I hate it, but they're good. Um, you know what is going to be potentially a sneaky fun game, or a game that can remind you of an amazing game last year? Mm-hmm. Army Wake Forest. Oh. Do you remember the game last year? Not specifically, but go ahead. I'd love for you to remember. 70 to 56. Wake Forest won. Oh, yeah, I they do remember that. Yes. Five passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns. I do remember that. Jabari Laws of Army had three touchdowns on 11 passes. <laughs> uh, incredible. And then that was this uh, Roberson Perry insane games where they had 150 yards each and three and one touchdown. So that I, I mean, there's no way. Right. So, but maybe, I mean, Clemson and that game in Wake Forest was an insane game. Maybe we see the same thing with army. Yeah. So I'm looking just real quick at the, at some of these lines and Illinois, Iowa, Illinois is favored by three and a half at home. What do you think the over under is? I've seen this one. This is Illinois, Iowa. This is like, 34 and a half it's 36 and a half right now it might have opened at 30 but 36 yeah. and a half goodness illinois I actually think, might put up some points in that game i think that's just gonna be that game might be over by what time does it start 6 30 big, big 10 that, that, that game might be over by 7 30 central 
they might be at halftime in 40 minutes. Like I could just see a bunch of three yard passes and a bunch of four yard runs. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So is is there any other games that kind of jump out at you? Um, No, I I think USC Washington state will be cool just because USC is always just really is a fun team to watch right now. One of my favorite teams. They're, they're like, I didn't realize they were one of my favorite teams until every week I see them on the schedule. I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's fun. East Carolina, Tulane. Saw this coming. For some reason, I love East Carolina, and it's not because of any particular player. I just think they're just fun. Um, they got some good, talented guys. Yeah. And CJ Johnson has had some huge games. Yes. I think he just had like a four touchdown game, right? Yes, last week, yeah. They have their running backs are banged up. Pete, Keaton Mitchell, I don't know if he's healthy, but he got hurt recently. I so like both running backs. On each team, I like the running back on each team. Spears and Mitchell, love them. Spears um, was awesome last week on Friday. So yes, yeah. So yep. that's probably my my non like big game that I like. Um, uh, as far as the other ones go, there's some some Mac games that are not in action yet, so we don't care. Yeah, um, <laughs> wait till it's on Tuesday or Wednesday. Right, right. Um. That's about it in terms of kind of games I'm watching. Yeah, good slate of games. You get a little bit of everything. You get some Pac-12 teams early. Mm-hmm. You get some SEC teams late. You know, I'm Florida State, NC State would be kind of fun. It could be sneaky good. I think we're going to end up finding out that both teams are probably just they're good, but they're not as good as we top twenty-five yeah. to thirty-five. Um, yeah. You know, NC State really needs Leary just to be a complete badass, I think. Right. Because so. he made some throws against Clemson. I'm like, okay, he's the real deal. And then it just it got to the point where, like, they just didn't have enough to beat Clemson. Clemson right. just had so many playmakers on both sides of the ball that NC State just couldn't overcome that. Um, but I think I do think Leary is the real deal, regardless of – Winning and losing. I'm not game. sold, but I'm also not like an NFL guy by any means, and I don't watch a ton of them. I, I guess when I say real deal, I'm not saying he's a he's a first round pick. I guess I'm just saying in terms of a college quarterback, I think he's a real deal. I don't think it was last year was a fluke. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, well, lunch lunch hours up, Zach. I yeah. took a that mid to early lunch. I gotta get back to work, unfortunately. Oh man, it sucks. But um, all right, well I. Really enjoyed this one. I know we didn't have Andrew, so we didn't get the full enjoyment out of it. No monologues today. No, no, no. I, I, I did on Boise, so I made up for you it. You did a little bit there on Boise. <laughs> so, um, all right, that's it for this week. So next week we'll be back, hopefully all three of us. 